This is Anabaptist Perspectives. How can we learn more about Jesus and his kingdom uh, through cross-cultural missions? In our last episode, I talked with our guests about a lot of the negative history of Christian missions, acknowledging those ties with colonialism. But at the end of the day, there is a way in which Jesus calls um, all cultures from around the world um, together. He wants the gospel to spread from one culture to another and wants us to learn from each other. I'm here again uh, with uh, Kai Steinman and Rebecca Mui, and excited for a follow-up conversation um, to our last episode in which we do want to talk about ways of engaging with other cultures, uh, specifically in spreading the gospel from a kingdom perspective and less of an imperial perspective. But to start with, I do want to acknowledge uh, some of the cautions about that or how this can get twisted. So I want to read one more um, comment from one of our um, listeners on YouTube and left this comment on a video uh, that we had done describing or interviewing somebody who was basically doing refugee aid. And so John wrote, you can show you genuinely care for them by not going into their country and destabilizing the country so we can steal their resources. This is a very backwards way of being a missionary. So if you are a North American Anabaptist like me, you probably want to say, well, I didn't steal their resources. And hopefully you didn't. Um, but there's still just this reality that think about where Anabaptist missions are. Well, typically it's places where an American passport will get you in. And sometimes the reason American passport will get you in is directly tied to wars and conflicts of various kinds. So, yeah, I think we need to acknowledge that. And I'd love to hear from either of you. How do we both acknowledge that and yet go somewhere uh, representing Christ um, rather than American nationalism? Well, I think it comes back to how implicated are we? How much is America my country? And, and that's why I think the language of kingdom is, is so important because, yes, I have an American passport, but I hope that anyone who knows me well knows that my primary identity is not that of an American. I think we have to view that, that the kingdom of God is at war with all the kingdoms of this world, in, including America. And if that is the case, then I will, if, if America and or the kingdoms of this world and, and the kingdom of Christ are at war, then I will use any advantage to my advantage. And so if, if my passport will get me in and give me the opportunity to sway people for my kingdom, then I will do that. It comes back to how, how American am I? Is that really my identity or am I honestly holding an identity and an allegiance and a patriotism to another country? We're implicated to the extent that we participate and to the extent that we align ourselves and, you know, frankly, if you've supported any of the American presidents for the last 20 years, then you have no business being a missionary in the Middle East. <laughs> I know that's 
that's pretty blunt. That's the way I feel about it. Uh, unless we've unless we've repented of that, and you know, and, until we can honestly go somewhere and say, "Yes, I live in America. I'm privileged to live in America, but that's not the kingdom that has my love and allegiance." I I, I don't think we're going to be effective for the kingdom of God. Empire is a culture just as much as as the kingdom of God is a culture, and um, sometimes it's not just the the actions, but also the way of thinking, like an attitude of you know, superiority that can sometimes, any one of us could have from any place or any culture. Uh, it's it's something that maybe is, again, like human and part of sin, like we have this pride in who we are and, and that others are lesser than us. I'm kind of thinking about how um, when Jesus came, it was, you know, he came in a manger and he came in a way that was, uh, he came washing feet. He went from the manger to the cross, and that just gives us a model. I'm sure for any one of us from any culture, it it probably is really difficult to have that, let this mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus, that attitude and and to live out the cross. Of course, it's impossible. It's, It's difficult, but it's kind of what we are called to do and to, to figure out by His grace, no matter how, how maybe seemingly impossible it is not to be intertwined with, with like pride and superiority and the way of the flesh and to choose instead and try to live out this way of the cross and the Great Commission. Yeah, I agree with both of you in principle. Uh, the thing that's maybe a bit of a nagging concern for me is we don't have to you know, go around saying that we're Americans to be Americans, you know, so often the sense of superiority is, it's not like we go around saying, oh, I'm superior. Okay, sometimes we do that, but more often it's just kind of embedded in, you know, what we take for granted. Do we actually listen to people? How do we find that in ourselves or make sure we're not doing it unconsciously? And also, if we say we're not Americans, but we go in and take advantage of all of the power or privileges um, that come with it, can't we just in some ways be guilty of just doing a cop-out by saying we're disassociated with it, when in reality, you can still have the U.S. government help you get on a plane and get out of there, and some other people can't. I do think it comes back to our culture, and culture, as you know, is, is simply what we have learned, the accumulated knowledge that we have And, you know, have we learned Christ? And Rebecca pointed to the upside down nature of of a king who came washing feet and was born in a manger. And, you know, have we have we learned Christ? You know, as we go in as missionaries, are we the body of Christ that feeds the hungry? Are we the body of Christ that clothes the naked? Are we the body of Christ that holds and blesses the children? Are, Are we the body of Christ that washes feet? The the knowledge of Christ um, must become evident in our lives. You look at Peter when he was there at Jesus' trial, and they said, you know, you've been with him. Your your speech betrays you. You've been with him. You know, people would look at his disciples and say, you know, they took knowledge that they had been with Christ. Even the word Christian, you know, the disciples were called Christians is little Christ. They there was something about them that, that spoke of Jesus. And 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 I think that 
that that has to be how we go in as missionaries, that, that we have learned Christ and Christ is, is evident in the way I, I relate to anyone as not my equal, but, but better than me and, and more worthy of, of blessing than I am. And it, so it seems to me that the key to culture not being a barrier is if we go in and we have truly learned Christ rather than an American me first culture. So I think there's kind of two uh, related questions that I'd like us to discuss a bit in this episode. Um, so the one angle is really, can we say some things that are encouragement for uh, cross-cultural workers? And I think about uh, some of my own acquaintances who are you know, going in, working very hard to gain acceptance and communicate um, in a people group that has very few Christians. So the gospel has to come cross-culturally because there are very few believers um, within that people group. I'm thinking of encouragement for them, um, but also lessons at home uh, where we are, cultural differences that are closer to home, uh, how we relate to people. Maybe first um, think about that cross-cultural worker in a people group where there's very few Christians and what can we give them by encouragement? Something that comes to mind is how the Jerusalem church kind of was changed by the the sending out of Paul to go and uh, minister to the Gentiles and how that actually caused them to, to grow and to be challenged in a way. So possibly one encouragement could be that when we uh, do obey the Great Commission and we go out and make disciples, that we ourselves will will grow and we will learn more about what the kingdom of God means, that we'll learn these um, things like the kingdom of God is found in in all these people of different tribes and tongues coming in. And we will grow and learn from one another. I've learned from Christians who have come across cultures to interact here. And it's pretty amazing. I think it's such a witness to the world seeing perhaps people with privileges to uh, to have that laid down and then to see maybe someone that you think is wealthy or privileged or from a rich country and you see them just living among you and washing people's feet there's a there's a certain witness to that I think just like Christ or just like Christ called you know he, he didn't say if you're you're rich you can't follow me he just said you have to lay down certain things to follow me. But imagine what a, a great impact that had. And I think that had a great impact on the early church as well. The the more the more sort of privileged or wealthy those who did come to the church and were able to bless so many by supporting missions or giving to the poor, etc. I think it's just so important that we become Jesus to all men. You know, Jesus preached a few really good sermons, but he just fed a lot of people and he healed a lot of sicknesses and he held a lot of children. And my parents came to the Mennonite culture from, especially my dad, from a very irreligious culture. And the only reason they made it was because there was especially two families that became Jesus to them and, and taught them how to live 
and taught them how to be married and how to raise children and how to how to be a functioning family. And that's the only reason that, that my parents are still Christian. And the only reason that I ever made it was because there was a handful of people that became Jesus to my parents. And, and I, I think that's what I would say to any missionary or anybody at home reaching into their neighbors. You, you have to realistically become Jesus to them. You know, are we known by our love? <laughs> And uh, I, I just think it's it's that simple and that complicated that we become Jesus to the world. That's a good segue to thinking about, you know, cultural interaction locally, um, because I'm guessing as you described that, there was probably a good bit of cultural difference between your parents and those families. I, I think it's unfortunate if our churches are known for their proper doctrine and all the things they don't do. You know, they're, they're, they're not part of the world system. They're non-resistant. They don't swear oaths. I think it's unfortunate if we're known that way. What if we were a people who was known uh, for their love? I, I think our churches would be in such a different place if the, the drug addicts in town knew that if they want help, you know, the Marabone Christian Brotherhood is the place to go. And if, you know, somebody's hungry, if they knew that my, my doorstep was the place to be. Um, I, I, I just think that's the only way that will ever be effective is if, if, is if we are known for the things that we do and who we are rather than what we don't do and what we are not. You know, we say we're, we're not American, but are we Christian? <laughs> yeah, so there's the willingness to help and then is a big part of that just actually interacting closely and listening to other people. I know I find that for myself. It's you can't really do cross-cultural interaction, whether it's, you know, drastically different culture or even just neighboring culture. I can't do that in the abstract. <laughs> I can only do that with real people. You know, and 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 so I think outreach programs and broader outreaches are good. But I think most people who have made a, a, a life-changing commitment to the kingdom of God could point you to one or two people that is responsible for that. And I think all of us are going to have to be willing to be that for somebody, you know, just that, that I'm going to walk beside them. I'm going to walk beside them when they're messed up on drugs. I'm going to walk beside them when they're drunk. I'm going to walk beside that girl when she shows up, you know, pregnant. You know, I, I'm going to practically walk beside people. And, and I, I think every success story for the kingdom of God will have a person or two who walk beside that person on their journey to Christ. I, I just think that a good soldier uh, will seize any moment of weakness in his opponent and will seize that moment of weakness uh, to his advantage. And, and so we're to be soldiers for God's kingdom. And, and so I, I just, if, if we can create a distinction between Americanism and, and Christianity, you know, then when America goes to Iraq and, and leaves behind a, a trail of suffering, I think the good soldier will be there with, with bandages and housing and the gospel. We, we, we look for the weakness in our opponent, but we have to identify who our opponent is. 
And, you know, when communism leaves behind starving or freezing people, the good soldier of Jesus Christ will be there with bread and firewood and, you know, and the gospel. And when we do that, when we go to a, a, a communist country or we go to war torn Iraq, I believe there will be some changes of allegiance if we go with, with bread and firewood in the gospel. I, I think there will be some people who, who change kingdoms because of that. You know, for, for my family, you know, when the ways of the world had, had brought so much confusion, the good soldiers came in with clarity and a, a path that a path forward and a path that worked. And so I, I think we need to create a, a, a distance and a, a bit of distaste for North American conquest and view it rather as a, um, an opportunity for us to show something really different with the kingdom of God. Rebecca, you talked about the kingdom of God is like leaven working in and among all these situations. Um, I don't know, does what Kai described kind of map with that idea of leaven? Yeah. One thought that I have is I recently read an article by someone who had worked as a, a Christian evangelist in a particular community and ended up leaving Christianity and joining this other religious community. And she was talking about how she she realized that a lot of what was being done was almost like an attack, like sort of almost using deception and whatever means necessary to almost trick or coerce people to become Christians. And it it was felt it made the people feel really like like their their culture and everything they were were under attack. And so you know, there has to be, I guess, a certain way that that we approach uh, missions that's different from that kind of uh, attitude. And sometimes hearing what the what it feels like to be on the other end uh, can be insightful. For me, I feel like we, I, I totally agree that we need to be building up the church and focusing on what it means to be the kingdom. Because if we don't have the, if we don't have a kingdom focus, or we are not we're not clear on what the distinctions are and we're confused about this issue and there's just so much muddying and confusion and that's how we got into you know all this mess with empire uh, we need to have that kind of clarity in the church and we need to have just like the persecuted church they're not the persecuted church is always a two kingdom church because they know that they are not of this world because the world has rejected them and they don't think they they would be confused about that issue. But even in many countries where uh, where they may not be persecution, we as a church do really need to understand what Christ calls us into and how we can live out that kingdom in our communities first before. Uh, as we as we go out, but even before we think about, uh, you know, what are we bringing people into, and who are we? What is this community of the kingdom that we are drawing the world into? Um, I like that verse that Christ said. You know, when when he is lifted up, he'll draw all men to himself. What Christ said reminded me of that because if are are we living out Christ so that Christ is the one that is drawing all men? To him through us. Yeah, thank you. I think I think that's the right note to end our conversation on when Christ is lifted up, of course, <laughs> lifted up um, in the way of nonviolence and suffering love. 
not in the way of empire. Um, he will draw all people to himself cross-culturally, and that's just a beautiful promise. For more information about Anabaptist Perspectives, to read our blog, to donate, and to see videos of the conversations you hear on this podcast, visit anabaptistperspectives.org. We love to hear from our audience, so leave your feedback in the comments for this podcast or send us a message through our Facebook page. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back next week with another episode of Anabaptist Perspectives. Thank you for joining us for this episode, and thanks to our donors and partners for making this possible. To learn more about this ministry, view our About Us video linked below. You can also subscribe to our supporters' update at anabaptistperspectives.org.